Hey, what's going on? This is the Educated Guest Podcast, and I'm Justin, your host. Hey, if this is your first time listening, I just want to say thank you first and foremost for choosing to become a part of this community. You know, it's so important that you're here. Because if you're here, it means that you've already taken a step to care about your artistic practice in a level that's in a way that's deeper than a childlike appreciation for creativity. Um, So you might be asking a number of simple questions and the first of which may be very simply, what is the space? Like, what is a virtual art school? How do you do that? What is it based off of? What do you believe in? All that sort of stuff. And yes, like all of those questions are very valid, but we had to attack one at a time, one at a time. And the best way I can answer that for the time that we have here right now, and as you get deeper and deeper into many of the different lectures and over the 160 plus hours of content that are available to you, I want to first start by sharing what our teaching approach is based off of. What are the pillars of our teaching approach? And what is it all about? Well, simply what it's all about is helping the next generation of multidisciplinary artists develop a new perspective, develop a new um, commitment, and develop a new discipline about their craft. And I've noticed over the years that a lot of different people have been interested in pursuing a career in the arts that doesn't necessarily have to be based in hobby. Um, So if you have a little bit of that spirit in you, then you might find a lot of comfort in this community. And we have three basic pillars of how we deliver our lectures. And the first of which is called Incomplete Thoughts. That's our Monday lecture series. It's based on development of the mindset you know, tactics and tools that are helping you reorient the way you look at your career. Um, the second of which is called work study that comes on Wednesdays. That's based on our appreciation for the tactics, the tools of how to actually practice your craft and how to make money, how to deliver, how to build a business or get your dream job, whatever that may be. And Fridays are reserved for our well-read segment. It's all about inspiration. So if this sounds like something that you're into and you find some type of comfort in anything that I've just said this far, knowing that there's much, much more to learn and many of the different things that we've done in the past, partnerships, um, merchandise that we've released, um, fundraisers we've um, participated in and led and started for nonprofits. Uh, all of those things are here for you to understand. And there's two places which might make the most sense for you to become a part of, of this community in a more deep way. The first of which is our email newsletter. If you're into email and that's like how you like to get your stuff, then go to educated-guest.com, educated-guest.com and subscribe there. Very simple. Um, Also, one more thing where you can also find us at educated underscore underscore guests on Instagram. That's educated underscore underscore guests on Instagram. And you can check us out there. Some of the stuff we talk about. I think will be very informative and transformative for you as a person. All righty. So all those things said, um, if you've been following along recently, then that means that you are well attuned and well up to date on what we're teaching right now. And typically we separate the practice from the personal um, via our Monday and Wednesday uh, lectures and series. But Right now, as you may have heard me say before, this is a time where we're not necessarily interested so much in the development of the practice because we feel like people need healing in the personal. And I've heard those stories very directly from people that I've you know, formally mentored and informally mentored and people who are 
formally and informally mentoring me in return, all those different things I've heard. And as such, to continue, that, to continue on that same theme, I want to focus today on the idea that people are watching you. And you might be confused by this title of how it relates to art, how it relates to design, how it relates to becoming a better practitioner. One of the things I've learned is that whether you're an illustrator, Photoshop, Logic, Rhino, Revit, AutoCAD, um, any of those things, any of these programs, like at the end of the day, we're digital workers until it's time to move into the physical and then the manifestation of what we've are imagined comes to bear. And when you're in these programs, it's one of the most anxiety fueled um, moments that you encounter in your practice. Nobody ever talks about it. Nobody ever talks about the fact that the moment and the distance between your imagination and your manifestation is exactly where your anxiety lives. I'll say that again. The moment between your imagination and your manifestation is exactly where your anxiety lives. So what does that mean? What does that even mean? Well, what it means is everybody has an idea into, in their intuition of what they want to manifest, what they want to create, what they want to bring to bear, what they want to bring to life. Yet, we often disguise and celebrate. This is why it's important. I've said this before to not share your ideas all the time, even though people think that that's a good thing to do. It's because you'll, your, your brain tricks itself into believing that you already created the thing. And what is the intuition moment? What is the intuitive moment? The moment that we're in the shower, the light bulb moment, all those, all those times that we talk about, that's the moment where we feel, we know what we want to do. We have the idea, but if you, we're trying to write that idea or tell somebody that idea or, you know, it's not going to come out right. And the, the distance between how, if it's a mile, let's just use um, the metric system, I guess. Let's use if it's a meter or if it's a kilometer, <laughs> like those are two different. There's 10 meters, 20 meters, 100 meters, 400 meters, um, 1000 meters, which a kilometer. And it's like. As you as you think about these things, the distance between that light bulb moment in the shower and you actually achieving the thing you want to achieve is where all your anxiety is. So today I'm going to tell us a personal story real quick as we get into a couple simple points about people watching and the fact that people are watching. So for me, if you know me personally, you know, I'm in my inherent state, pretty paranoid. Um, I think at times this is good. And at times this is bad, mostly because I'm highly intuitive. And I think most people who practice any sort of creative creative craft, that's not very eloquently said, but anybody who has a particular craft of interest and is looking to seek expertise in that craft and is seeking expertise in that craft, they have a natural intuitive mindset. They don't think about the logic behind why they know certain things are true because they already know that they're true. And any time spent explaining why something is true is simply wasted for them actually making that truth come, come to pass. So naturally, you know, I'm a pretty paranoid person, but I've learned, you know, obviously you can't live life completely paranoid because you got to trust in something. You have to believe in something you have to. And we'll get into that more in a future lecture. And the moment that you actually move away from this paranoia is some of the moment where you begin to experience a lot of the lost, lack or never sort of fears and experiences. So today I want to talk to you about what I've heard to be referred to as the role model mindset. Um, and 
what that means is how can you use the question I've come to understand as being important is how can you leverage your natural paranoia to uplift your creative practice or your pursuit or your persistence? How do you leverage paranoia for persistence? And as I start thinking about those moments where I'm most, where I'm least paranoid, it's often in the moments where I'm willing to give up on myself. I'm willing to give up on something I'm working on. I'm willing to give up on something I'm pursuing, mostly because I think no one cares if I did or didn't do it. Right? Like, think about the moments where you stop early, or you stop doing this, or you stop doing that. It's usually when you think nobody cares whether you do it or not do it. So it doesn't matter. And this is the benefit of having a coach and having a teacher and having parents over the years because they are there to hold us accountable for the things that they know are best for us, even though they're hard. Right. And I like to think about the example of construction site, um, because oftentimes people think that it's OK to leave construction sites messy because it's always messy. It's always going to be messy. Right. You think about tools all over the place, like even if the shift changes, I've never actually worked construction, but it's just, as the shift changes, I've done landscape design, I've done yard work, obviously. Um, just imagine if you're out there raking leaves and you just, it's time for dinner. Imagine being like 15 years old and you're raking leaves. It's one of my least favorite chores ever to do. I hate raking leaves. It's like, bro, you're raking the leaves. Why am I doing this? And this next thing you know, it's going to fall tomorrow. There's going to be more leaves. That's the entropic machine, if you will. So um, as you rake and your parents call you inside for dinner or what have you, 6 p.m., 7 p.m., you don't just drop the rake and move inside. Like, think about that. Like, that's your childlike way of doing it. You just drop the rake and go. It's like, thank goodness I'm done with this. It's important to run through the tape, run through the finish line, because the truth is that the magic is in the construction, not the ribbon cutting. By the time you show up to the ribbon, everybody's at the ribbon cutting. Everybody's cutting the new, cutting the ribbon and they're clapping hands on the new building built. But who was there when the dirt was being moved? Who was there when the foundation was being laid? Who was there when the, the beams were being, the beams and the columns, support columns were being constructed? Who was there when the materials were late and you got there super early? Like who was there for that? Are you going to be there for that for you? So back to the initial question of how to leverage paranoia for persistence. Say it's midnight. Say it's midnight and no one's awake. Most most places, like if you live alone or if you have a roommate or whatever, in those circumstances, either your roommate's asleep because they're not, uh, let's say they just work a normal job or whatever, and they're not, you know, they're in a place and where they're content or at least content in their pursuits right now. And it's just you and the computer, you and the laptop, you and the email, you and the um, Illustrator, you and you and Photoshop. It doesn't matter what the program is, what the circumstance is, but everybody knows that moment where they're faced with an easy out. There's always an option for an easy out. There's always a temptation for an easy out. The truth is that no one is looking at you physically in that moment. But what I've found to be helpful is that I think about who might be looking at me in the future. If I care about family, will kids be looking at me? If I care about, you know, running a company, will employees be looking at me? 
What if I care about being a public servant or a public a public official or what have you? Will my community be looking at me? Will my nation be looking at me? Will the world be looking at me? And some might say, well, man, I don't want the world to be looking at you, looking at me all the time. I don't want this to be happening to me. I don't want these people. I don't want all these expectations. And I understand I don't like expectation either. One of the biggest sources of my anxiety is expectation from others. <clears throat> but the, the trick here is, what do you expect of yourself? What would you want for yourself to do? And to be, and what would you need to be true about yourself to know that you set a good example for those who are looking at you? And that always gets me through the finish line. If I'm up late, it's 1.30, it's, it's 12.30, or even if it's 7.30, right before dinner or whatever. If I know there's one more email, or if, let's say I've already typed the email. It's a perfect example many people do. They type an email, say, all right, last email of the day, I'll type this and just send it off and boom, like finally I'm done. And oftentimes that last email will have like an attachment that needs to be there or like a question or some bullet points or next steps or something they know could take it to that next level, but you're just trying to get the email out the door. And let's say that's that la last email that you ever get to send in your life. Let's say that that's the last thing you ever get to do. And, you know, Bono, I think it's Bono or Eric Clapton, one of the two, they say that Every time you pick up a guitar, you should play it like it's your last. And that's how I feel. I've just adopted that mindset where every time you pick up whatever it is you're about to do, even if, even if it's the worst thing you hate doing all the time, pick it up like it's the last chance you'll ever get to pick it up. And I guarantee you what you expect of you, your expectancy will rise. Your necessity for excellence will rise. Why? Because you ask yourself a question, three questions. And these are the three, three things I'll leave you with very short lecture today. The first question I always ask myself in those moments where discipline is required, where persistence is being tested, when pursuit is being in pursuit and purpose is all the way under the microscope. The first question I ask is, who is looking at me? Who is looking at you? Who is caring about you? Not whether they care that you do it or not, but who might be looking at you in the future? Do you care about kids? Do you care about a wife? Do you care about this? Do you care about that? Do you care about a husband, like what are the things that, who are the people in your future, that, even if they're not here today and who do you need to become for those people to believe in you? Because the truth is every, all children, all wives, all husbands always eventually figure out the truth about the person they're with or the parent that they have. They always know who they are in the world, whether it takes 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40, they always figure it out just the same way you figured out with your parents. You figured out by now who your parents are in the world because you see those same type of people in the world. And you're like, wait, was, is this my parent? Is this how people were looking at my parent? Were they acting like this? Did they get thrown in the tower early or did they always push to the finish line? They always do their best. Did they always, were they always honest with people? Were they always upfront with people? Were they always charismatic, caring? Did they care about others? Like these are the things that, you, these are the principles that you want to uplift. This has nothing to do, as you might imagine by now, this has nothing to do with what your, which, which job you should get. Because the truth is, you can get your dream job and still throw in a towel when you know you had a little extra. So the first question, who is looking at you? The second question is, what do they expect of you? 
And when we ask this question of expectancy, we always get an answer that's not necessarily what we expect, coincidentally. Um, so what does that mean? That means that as we ask questions of expectancy, as we ask questions of expectancy, we always seem to get some level of um, answer that has to do with principles and not actions, principles and not nuance, principles and not idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasies. The thing is, principles have to do with the high level repeated action and what you stand for and congruency. People care about congruency. They don't care about what the action is. They care about how congruent is this, are these actions with the person that you are. They're trying to find the consistent moment. I mean, we've talked about this before in past lectures that a brand has nothing to do with authenticity. It has to do with consistency, congruency. Who are you on an average basis? Who are you on an average basis? And yes, some actions might be a little below average. Some actions might be above average. But who are you on average? And then the third question I'll leave you with as we close today is what do you need to believe about yourself in order for these expectations to be doable? What do you need to be what do you need to believe about yourself? What principles do you need to have in order to believe that the fact that people that are watching you is not a bad thing, it's a good thing. The paranoia could lead to your persistence. The paranoia could kick you through the finish line for your purpose. So as you start thinking about the late nights, the early mornings, the routine, the expectations everybody had, nobody likes expectations, all these things. The, the thing is, the only difference between the only difference between a good expectation and a bad expectation is the self-belief that you are congruent with the good expectation. If you don't think you're congruent with that good expectation, you're not going to meet it and you're going to resent anybody who expects you to meet it because you don't even believe that you are there. Because the chances are most expectations that we don't want to meet are simply just a little bit of a stretch from where we are currently and we're tired of stretching. So how can we get out in front of the expectations others seem to place on us and move into a place where our expectancy and our necessity is already above, well above whatever everybody else thinks because we've done the repeated training. So by the time we have kids, by the time you have a wife, by the time you have a husband, by the time you have family, by the time you have in-laws, by the time you have a boss, by the time you are the boss, all these things, by the time that happens, the training would have already been so deeply ingrained that you don't even have to think about it. Your expectancy is already through the book. So that's all I have for today. If this sounds like something that you're interested in, this type of information that you like, and this was informative, I'm not necessarily looking to be motivating or motivational or inspirational, any of those things. The point here is to be informative so that you have some techniques, some tools, some trainings to actually move forward in your life, in your career, and in your pursuit of overall congruency so that's all i have if you want to one more thing if you want to get more information like this go to educated-guest.com and subscribe to our newsletter and we will contact you there and good things shall come 
<laughs> all right cool till next time peace